Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. Together we'll be bringing you more live shows as the season goes on, and if you're into coffee, they've partnered with Brad Barrett's Tiki Tonga Coffee Roasters to create a new coffee. It's called 232 Brew, which will go very nicely with the World Cup final that's on Saturday morning. Just check out tikitonga.co.uk if you fancy getting your hands on some of that. Jim and Gertie are with me here as usual. How are you boys? No, we more- fucking did it! Well, more importantly, Andy, how are you? Mate, I'm not good. No, you're not, are you? Look I'm at the state good. of you. I don't know whether it's better to be over here with all the arrogant Englishmen oh, oh, oh. or oh, oh. be at home with all the depressed New Zealanders. I don't know where I'd rather be at the moment. Hey, mate, but- don't look at me when you say that, mate. I'm one of the small few that just hasn't got the arrogance of your stereotypical Englishman. So you're English? Bold, fat. Oh, sorry, you can't say fat. Mordly obese. And what was the other one? And arrogant. Oh, that's just um, a stereotypical mm. Englishman. I'm not them things. I'm thinning, uh, but I'm ecstatic. You are thinning. Mate, it's looking thinner today. Yeah, right. I, didn't, I didn't put the dust in. Oh, so okay. I didn't need to. Yeah, I had a bath. Of so are you saying you're English? Um, Matt McCaw English. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, but you do look, Andy Rowe, like you are uh, in the morning. Get it? Morning. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it? Um, it's been tough. but you No, it, no, it's good. It's it, it's Everything's everything's great, guys. It's a big game on Friday. What, what game's that? Is it Friday, is it? Yeah, Friday. Right, Third yeah. place playoff that no one wants to play. Oh, God. Bronze medal game. How happy are you to be living in England now? Yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy. You've gone you quiet on me. I tried to message you. I tweeted you. No, I've been, looking, cat food. I've been looking at you for What about tweet? the cat food one? I didn't see that. No, you chose not to see it. Did you see the one, the, the guy that had the, the Kiwi guy that had the tattoo with the, the World Cup and then he put 2019 on yeah, it? Yeah, that was you, right? it, went, it? it went viral when I put it online. It went, it went what? Viral. Oh, Jesus. By the way, I'm great, lads. I had a great week. Well, no, we're just pi- listen. We're piling into Andy Rowe, the arrogant Kiwi. Yeah, we've dusted the Kiwis, and it's, hey, if we um, go back to the start of the World Cup, who picked England South Africa about, in the final? What who you picked about it? the start Me. of the World Cup? Me. It's, it's the here and now. It's the fact that New Zealand had their pants pulled down by England, coached by an absolute hero in Eddie Jones. So, what I should say, you mentioned who we thought at the beginning of the World Cup. Mm. So, I I said wild card. Yeah, the French. We've got a French ref. <laughs> French ref, that'll do. Tick. Yep. Yeah, I said close. South Africa. They're in the final. No word of a lie. Some people bet on rugby. And now we're allowed to put a little... R- Rob Howley? Tipple on. Apart from, if you're that close to game. I found out, because obviously I'm mainstream media. I don't know if you saw me on the TV at the weekend. We did. But you are allowed to bet, apparently, on rugby. But you're not allowed to bet on anything you're directly involved in. So, Saracens, for example. I can bet on Saracens winning the league. Why, I, why are you involved in them? Well, I, I, I just... You got, you got sacked from your hosting job. Okay. So, <laughs> I looked through to see, oh, you know, because I thought top try scorer, I put Cheslin Colby, I put Johnny May, and then I thought I put a bet on South Africa to win the World Cup. No, no, no. I've only gone and put a bet on England winning the World Cup. <laughs> Have you, what were the odds paying? I don't know. So, how are you, James? Uh, I'm very good, thank you. I've got to be honest. So, my hair's been feeling a bit funny. Oh, you're ill again. Hold on a minute. I perforate my fucking we, we've eardrum. Gone, we've gone a week or two without an illness. I perforate my eardrum. You perforated your eardrum. How'd you do that? So, I was doing BT Sport at the weekend. Um, I did the Gloucester Wasps game and I did the Leicester Saris game. And we pitched side and you've got this thing you put in your ear, right? So, you can hear what's going on. Um, Called an earpiece. So for the millions of people listening, it's like a like a headphone that you put in your ear. I can't hear anything. So I'm thinking, there's, there's, my thing's broke or the thing's not in my ear properly. So I'm ramming this thing in my ear. Next scene. You kiss someone. The eardrum explodes. Right there. <laughs> the eardrum explodes. I'll just get on with it. 
just carry on like nothing's, nothing's happened. <laughs> and then moan like fuck about it to oh, me all the time. It's absolutely killing me at the minute. But no, I'm great, thanks. So yeah. what does it feel like? Can't hear anything. That's probably good at home, isn't it? Say again. <laughs> so did you not see Glenn Hoggle? Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you not see Glenn Hoggle on TV? Yes. Yeah, apparently he had to have his surgically removed, according to producer Tim, who is the man in my ear today. But I'm great, thanks. Um, I look bloody great to you. Are you yeah, oh, why are you cool. dressed up? Yeah, why are you dressed up? I don't know. Just f- fancy this morning. I looked in front of the mirror. I was like, how you doing? But I forgot to put the dust in my ear. Why so. you, you're dressed thin. in black. Yeah, he's, he's very been thin to the funeral. Or? Always, always wear black. Slimming. Always wear black. Slimming. But yeah. just not on me. Yeah, it's quite morbidly, but it's um, custom made. Hold on, made, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Wearing black is quite morbidly. Yeah, like dark. What do you mean? Dark. <laughs> no, James. You don't know. You don't understand, do you, Jim? No, some of them I get. I don't get what you mean. You're wearing black clothes and you said it's quite morbidly. Morbid. Yeah, so morbid. You said morbidly. morbidly. Yeah, because I'm looking at it. Oh, dear. Goody, how are <laughs> you, mate? Um, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Would you say, I don't want to... Keep going on because we're not allowed to call you fat anymore. We have to call you morbidly obese, talking of morbidly. Um, when these big periods of rugby come on and you're out there doing your thing, does the weight increase? <laughs> well, this is the thing. So it's been uh, it's been a pretty treacherous weekend in the good household. Two o'clock in the morning Friday, my missus is like, wake up. I'm a heavy, deep sleeper, as you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and she's literally nudged me, get up, get up. Twins are being sick in their beds, aren't they? Uh, and they had a bug. Anyway, my missus is an absolute hero. Battling she's through. She's rang the nanny. <laughs> Battling through. Missus got out of bed and she's rang the nanny. Battling through. So the twins, since two o'clock Friday morning, have been spewing on and off all weekend. And I had some a lot of work engagements over the weekend. So I was hosting for Guinness at Flatiron Square. And then I was speaking at a dinner up in Shropshire Wowzers. on Saturday night. And then Sunday I was up at... Um, doing a, another Q and A somewhere else. Are you so, absolutely loaded? I just you have a fast it. lifestyle, don't you? Anyway, so Jim, oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a a bit of credit here, Jim. Go on. So the twins have had this bug, sickness bug, and my missus picked it up. And Jim said last week he said that I've got a uh, what are the words that you used? You have got the immune system of a buffalo, <laughs> or a or, warthog. I've got the yeah. immune system apparently of a wildebeest or a, or a buffalo. And I'm the only one in my house not to get it. And my missus was soldiering on, being sick, and then looking after the kids while I was in bed, <laughs> snoring away and all that stuff. Because yeah. I'm working hard, you see. All I know is that, and I know that the millions out there, there's a few people with kids. It is hard work at the minute. <laughs> the twins, terrible twos. We we changed over two nights. We did 26 washes for their bed sheets. One of them spewing. And they're like, sick, 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 Olivia's sick. And then Isabella's looking at her going, <laughs> she's sick. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my Scrubbing word. the carpet. Well, I've got someone in to come and scrub the carpets <laughs> and all this stuff. I bet you Carnish, But it's, I'm a little bit disappointed I haven't caught it. It's I inst- don't say that. Well, it's an instant You five- are looking a bit yellowy. It's an instant 5K off the old uh, scales, isn't it? So <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm like, give me a kiss. Come here, Olivia, give me a kiss. You've been sick. It's carnage at the minute. You mentioned your busy schedule. Where'd you watch the semi final? Uh, Flat Iron Square. Hosting for Guinness uh, with Danny Kerr. Our raging is evil. Done a Q and A. He must be absolutely devoted. I just want to put out there a penny for the thoughts now, or I feel a little bit for the likes of Danny Kerr, Chris Ashton. Your fault. Um, Ashy's made the own, his own decision. Okay, that's fine. Not to go to the World Cup. Mike, he, did, he did it on air though. Mike Brown. Your fault. Why is that my fault? He said he's not great in counter attack. <laughs> Chris Robshop. Yeah, got him the sack. Dylan Hartley. Definitely got him the sack. All these guys, and there's probably a whole list of others as Such well. Such good lads as well. Um, the ones you think that, of all these players, 
and England now are on the cusp of winning the World Cup. You haven't won it yet, though. On oh, the cusp. Oh, we're close. We're in the final. But imagine how devoted all those boys are. And Danny Kerr is through gritted teeth going, come on, England, I really want you to win. I, I tell you, you'd be gutted, wouldn't you? This is, I don't know if you heard about my story in 2015, where I basically did no, all the training. No, well, yeah. Yeah. Did all the training in 2015, didn't get picked. Rabbit gate. Rabbit gate happened. Tim Swinson went, didn't do a day's training in his life. Um, and then I threw my toys out the pan and, re- and retired. So I was gutted when they were in the quarterfinal, mentioned it. And then people were like, oh, you, you, you didn't want the boys to win. Like Goody said, imagine being Danny Kerr, Dylan Hartley, Rob Shaw to a degree. I'd say, yeah, Rob Shaw not to a degree as well. Uh, them three in particular. Mike who, Brown. Yeah, and Mike Brown as well. In particular, because they have been in the trenches for years for England and they narrowly missed out, you, you could say. Cipriani is very different because he wasn't really in the squad. And you're watching that. I don't care what anyone says. Devoed. What about if you're someone like George Ford or Sinclair or Eddie Jones who Goody's bagged all year and then you're pretty much the best whoa, in the world? Whoa, 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 whoa. Right let's, now. Just, let's just should, clear this should up. Should there be an apology? Let's just clear this up. I think there should be an apology myself. Uh, there's no need to apologise for anything I've said. I come on this podcast and give my opinion. I call out Eddie Jones for what he does right and what he does wrong, and I pray I give praise when he does right. Same with Carl Sinclair. Carl Sinclair, I, I think, is a wonderful player. I've said it many times. He's just sometimes loses his head and he hasn't at the World Cup. Not anymore. Could have got yellow carded against Argentina. Oh. <laughs> and I said, no, no, but this is the thing. Do you, do you, I mean, you can listen to pundits. So it should be all very different for him. Is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is... He shouldn't be at the World Cup anymore. <laughs> you boys are off your heads. What I'm, say, what I'm saying is, what's wrong with just being honest and giving your opinion for the good and the bad? A lot of people just give, oh, he's great, he's great, he's great, this is great. No, I try and give a balanced view of good and bad. And if someone does something wrong, I'll say it. Good, bad, or ugly. If someone does something great, I'll say it. And George Ford had a wonderful game, and I said it. He was a world. He had a world class performance. I ain't got any problem. I've always said George Ford's a wonderful player on the front foot. So you know, I speak facts. Facts. That's not facts. Fat. Facts. I, th- I speak facts. facts. Talk facts. me through Ford's game then. I think he might get dropped for the final. Do you think so? I don't know. No. Um, well, he, he might. He, he might. This is the thing Who with, knows? Ed, with Eddie knows? Jones. With Eddie Jones, would you drop him? Uh, no, I, no, I wouldn't. Hundred percent wouldn't. Not after the performance at the weekend. But then Eddie, Eddie dropped him for the quarterfinal against Australia when he'd, he'd probably been our best player in the games in the lead up to that. So who knows what's going to happen? Uh, the other one, Curry and Underhill, phenomenal. You could make a case that Eddie Jones might bring Mark Wilson back into the team. No way. I, I know, but this, I, I'm not saying you should. I'm not saying you should drop George Ford. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying who knows what Eddie's going to do. He might, and he might just go changing the roles, mate. Get with modern rugby. Come into modern rugby, mate. I want to come in badly. In where? Wherever. <laughs> um, Dan Cole. I was. I was what have you bagged him? You nearly ruined his career. He, he weren't happy with me. I don't know why. But look, look, I've, I've bloody revitalised his career. Look at him now. We've basically said some home truths, said some honest things, and given honest feedback. And now we're in a World Cup final. So England, you are welcome. Apparently, Coley feels bad because when I did the Leicester Tigers Academy and I was there for six weeks, he didn't speak to me once. But anyway, there's talk in the Leicester Terraces in the Crumbie stand, that Coley might start at tight head, which I can't see, because of the South African scrum threat, which I didn't think was overly threatening. Anyway, I can't see Eddie Jones changing it. No. If you look back you- on Eddie Jones and everything he's done now and got him, gotten to this point, is there an element of him being a bit of a genius for the way that he's almost pulled the wool out of over some people's eyes in some ways and, and taken the heat off his team a lot by directing the narrative in the media? Give him a knighthood right now. 
I'm joking. Um, no, listen, Eddie, Eddie is what Eddie is. He does direct the na- narrative. He does say things to supposedly take pressure off his, his team. But also, Eddie Jones says things to get attention because he loves it. He loves all the attention. You, you just see he's always probing. He's always saying uh, little things here and there to get the attention. And, and you know, that that's his character. Sometimes he's wrong. Clearly, right now, he is right. We're in a World Cup final. We've had probably the best England performance ever, especially the modern game. Have you played your World Cup final? Oh, what's your name? Warren Gatland. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot of time for gaps, but why are you throwing that out when you know Eddie Jones is going to come back with that sort of quip that says, oh, just tell him to enjoy the third and fourth place playoff, mate? Um, yeah. Eddie Jones loves to direct the narrative. He does what Eddie does and we've always said that you can't read him that's why you, who knows what team's going to get picked this weekend everyone would expect the same England team to get picked because of how well they played but that ain't Eddie Jones and he's gone through tough times and you speak to the players and the training is ridiculous but when you see a performance like that at the weekend where it's you're always searching as a coach for the perfect performance and it wasn't quite perfect but you hear about some of the training sessions that they've done and you talk to the players and they're no one wants to tell Eddie Jones they're absolutely fucked <laughs> They're like, yeah, I'm fresh when their back's hanging off, their hamstrings are sore as you like. But he's driven them to this level. And with one game to go right now, and even if we do lose at the weekend, which obviously we desperately hope we don't, obviously his plan for the four years has worked in effect, hasn't it? I mean, you weren't at the 2015 World Cup. You weren't no, at the horrible? Why but, horrible? But you, you must know? feel like uh, you're most... I'd like I'm there now. Through marrow. This is the thing, Jim. You are English, aren't you? I'm a quarter English. And this is what Jim sent me after the semi-final victory over New Zealand. I'm England till I die. I know I am. I'm sure I am. I'm England till I die. That's not me. <laughs> you sure, Jim? Should we play it again? I, I, I was getting carried away. I, I, I'm happy for the lads. Genuinely. Um, I, we were questioning him. I was questioning him. And sometimes you get a bit carried away. You watch a game and you know we're all excited because we've won. Note the we. And... And then after it, you're like, oh, actually, did they play that well? Did they play as good as, you know, you were talking about? It's like when you've had a night out, is not you? It's like we've had the best night out ever. You say that every time. And then, and then you then, look back at the pictures and go, that was the worst night ever. And you're absolutely hanging. And you're absolutely hanging. Who was it? It weren't me. Um, but then I look back, maybe not specifically the whole game, but like different instances. And then you actually look at the score line and you're like, holy smokes. They have absolutely smoked you, Andy Rowe. Never saw it coming. Look how depressed he is. I've been living in England longer than Willie Hines, so... Oh, don't bring Willie into... Mate, he's injured now. I'm just saying I could be English too, like you guys, so... Mate, you can be English for the week if you want. Are you claiming now to be English? No, I'm not. I'm being silly. You mentioned Maro Toji there. Yeah. Again, another one where Maro's taken so much praise, right? And rightly so. A lot of it is warranted and they've made him into a superstar before he was probably putting in superstar performances. Now... A friend of the show, Hugo Monier, said a poignant point, actually. He said one of the best things probably to happen to Marrow was for him to get actually dropped. He didn't, well, he didn't get picked for the 2015 World Cup. There you go. So it wasn't all... An he, he was 12. Group. Yeah, I know he was 12, yeah. I know he was 12. <laughs> Mate, yeah, hey, didn't have airy legs at the time, but it's fine. It's fine, I'm sure. I don't think he's got airy legs now, actually. He's so smooth. Anyway, he used to coat himself in coconut. So it smelled great as well. Um, but... Now, the hype is real. There's a few question marks, weren't there, over his discipline, how he carried ball, uh, did he do it enough, was he effective enough in that area? So with that fanboy in him, and we all know that I taught him a lot of the stuff that he's putting out there <laughs> yeah. on the pitch. What, co- what not to do. I coached him for two years. Quite a funny story, actually. So I did coach, I, I coached some of the younger 
Sarri's boys coached the academy for a couple of years and Marrow was in that and uh, I remember I think Joe Shaw who's one of the Sarri's coaches now he's brilliant said oh Jim can you just have a look through Marrow's game I just give him a few pointers and stuff um, on anything look through the game I was like genuinely <laughs> I said sure is it? I, <laughs> the guy is, is 17 years old he's better than me I don't really know what to say <laughs> it, it, I, I did not know what to say I was like mate um, yeah if you're tired there, if you're tired by that rook there, don't just stand at the side of the rook, fly in backwards, get a yellow card, and you get 10 minutes <laughs> off, mate. But his performance at the weekend, along phenomenal. with... Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it was phenomenal. A lot, And he got man of the match. And yeah, you could have given it to a number of players, but that was the most complete performance. If you listen to the build-up as well, the kind of confidence that he spoke about in the lead-up to it. Arrogant, maybe, but the way that he spoke about it, and he's quite softly spoken... And he said, like, if we play our game and we play the way that we're going to play, New Zealand won't beat us. And it's all well and good saying that unless you do it. And we did it. But by God, they did it. And he put in one of the best performances that I think I've ever seen in terms of the complete package. Tackling, counter-rooking, ball-carrying. The line-out was effective. There was all this talk in the lead-up. First line-out. So you got two what you class as line-out forwards in Marrow and Courtney Laws. First ball, I'll tell you what, we'll throw it to Tom Curry. Were you guys oh, disappointed oh. with New Zealand or just more the overriding feeling was satisfaction with England? Yeah, I, th- I think the main thing is being English and you look at that performance and to beat New Zealand on any stage, we haven't done it since 2012, we haven't played you that much, but um, is a phenomenal achievement. So you get carried away with the brilliance of England, You think, but then you look at, break it down and look at the game away from all the euphoria of, of excitement and happiness of what we've done. And New Zealand weren't allowed to do what New Zealand do. Like England's relentless energy, smashing breakdowns, defence across the board, John Mitchell, phenomenal. You know, whether it was Manu blocking off the outside channel, big hits coming in midfield, the work rate of everyone, it, it was just phenomenal. And the, But then you look at New Zealand and you go, when those things are happening, obviously the decision to start Barrett ahead of Kane allowed us to dictate the breakdown, and we did. The disappointing thing I think for me about New Zealand is they didn't try and change the way they were playing. It was just like they were going to play out of their half the whole time and eventually they'd break us down. Yeah, the kicking game was poor. So they weren't putting any pressure on us through their kicking game. Uh, Moanga looked lost a little bit at times. And I've been there as a 10 when you cannot see any way of breaking down defence. But maybe they should have put Barrett to 10 and just take Moanga off. You know, they brought Kane on at half time and I don't know, it was just... I wouldn't be too disappointed if I was New Zealand because you've seen their reaction. Very humble, the opposite of Andy Rowe and their fans. And they were like, we got beaten by the better team. And they got dominated in every facet. And there wasn't any complaints at all. So could you change stuff? The only thing you could really have changed is tactically kicking more, which actually when people have looked back over New Zealand, when they've had Dan Carton, they used to kick more than any other team. And guess what now? The teams that are kicking the most are in the final. What did you guys make of the way that um, the England received the Harker and a, a, a flying vagina? Why, the, mate, the, why are we not? It's a V-shape. What, what do you call it? I'll just say a V. V-shape. Okay. No, just as a V. What did you guys make of it? I was like, when it happened, I was like, oh, here we go. And then... In the lead-up to the game, again, Goody knows because he's the oracle and he'll probably uh, revert to Tim if he doesn't know. Anytime anyone stepped out of the traditional line in front, so Fra- I think France have done it twice. They did it in 2011. Mm-hmm. And then, do you remember the one where Chabal looked like he was about to eat someone and then yeah. he did? And he had Ali Williams and ended up breaking his jaw. So France what beat, beat them in 2007. Should have, could have, would have if it wasn't for a few decisions, beat them in 2011. And then 
any other time they've done it. Do you remember the one with Richard Cockrell? He steps out, he's gone nose to nose. Yeah. 1997. Old Trafford. Against Norman Hewitt, ended up scrapping in a mm. taxi after, and Cockers ends up getting filled in there. So he gets filled in twice. Did Surprise. England beat them that day? Or no, no, it was a draw. There you go, it's a draw. So there was some stat that came out that when teams have done something different to them, two out of the four times it's been done. What percent is that, Jim? Uh, 50. Well done. <laughs> so sometimes it can work. Something like that. Anyway, you can quote me. I'm probably wrong and I'll get trolled again like I'm getting trolled on social media at the minute because I mentioned politics. So I'm never going to do that again in my life. Um, and But I, I enjoyed it. It was good. Added to the, yeah. to the atmosphere and the lead up. What I didn't get, why was Joe Marler stood out all there on his own? And they kept zooming in, mate, you're on the bench. You ain't going because for family reasons. Now you, you're there. <laughs> and Joe Marler, I don't even know if he's a friend of the show anymore. Why are you tweeting me from the changing rooms after the game? Piss off, Jim. That's what he Because he loves you, Jim. Why is he tweeting me from the changing rooms after he's just won the biggest game of their lives? Because he loves you, Jim. Well, 10 more followers, I'll take it. So, but, you know, they're in a V. Enjoyed it. Something different. You know, I saw, I watched Whitelock and he was looking around, who do I, who do I stick my tongue out at? He, he couldn't see who he was looking for, whether it was Marrow, whether it was uh, Michael Laws, as Brodie Retallick called him, Courtney Laws. <laughs> Fucking knows his name now, doesn't he, eh? Well, Courtney told him that. Hey, what about Nigel Owens trying to shepherd them? See what I've done there. Welsh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> back onto the line he was trying to get them back on the line and they're like no nah, we're not having it he's like come on now come on <laughs> and they're like nah we ain't doing it yeah it was um, good it was good yeah, and it, it was good you can make up make things up about the, the hacker and, and you know that, that that's where the game was won it was different it, the game wasn't won then the game was won oh, Manu barreling over after 90 seconds and then the intensity that we carried on with throughout the whole game so one thing I, I want to add to that is one of the things with this England team, you mentioned Manu there, we know about Billy, we know about Marrow, we know about Mako. It's not necessarily them lads that are the ones. Yes, they've stepped up, of course they have, but loads of other players have come out of this, haven't they? Anthony Watson, we know he's class, but he butchers his Achilles and it, it was a long road back for him and there's a few clips out, of the, out there of him crying after the game and stuff like that because he's obviously happy, tears of joy. You know, we mentioned George Ford there, he's come to the fore. Let's talk about Owen. How hard is that bloke? Unbelievable. My old dead leg Pete, early on, he ain't kicking. You're thinking he's coming off. How, how would he say I'm not coming off? Physio comes on. I mean, you need to come off. No, I've got to get better. I ain't coming off this week. No way. I'm beating all blacks now. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. And he did. You know what I mean? Uh, he is hard. I mean, I mean the, hard yeah, folk. Exactly. So you got him and then you throw in the, 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 the underhill and curry that everyone's talking about. We're not mentioning Billy and the big guys. And that just shows the quality of... Um, of us England lads. Do you know the scary thing about this England team now? There ain't many players over 30 in that squad. Well, as well as having a little dig at Warren Gatlin, Eddie Jones has spoken on Rugby Pass this week about the prospect of England raising their game again and their preparations for the final. So let's hear what he had to say. Look, we played a, a great team on Saturday, um, but we don't feel we've played as well as we can. And the challenge for us is to keep improving. Um, and there's small margins now. As you go through the tournament, the margins get smaller. But the improvements you can make uh, are still significant. And we're looking to see how we can keep improving for this week's game. And that's the exciting part for us. It's always about, in the final, about doing less. You know, we're at, as the point's been made, we're at the end of a, now a, a seven-week tournament. Uh, so it's about just focusing on what's going to have a significant part of the game. It's not about doing everything. It's about just getting certain things right, keeping the players fresh physically, keeping them fresh mentally, making sure they've got enough to do off the field, 
Um, so it's just getting the balance right of preparation. And coaches tend to think they've got to do more. Um, so it's just making sure that the coach is disciplined right, that we don't over-coach the players. We allow them to, to find their own rhythm to the week because they'll be ready to go. Motivations. You don't, you don't lack motivation for the World Cup final. So our players will be ready to go. What are your thoughts on what he had to say there about how they can get better at even better than what they did against the All Blacks? I think some facets they count attack-wise. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, as a coach, you're always searching for the perfect game. What is the perfect game? Who knows what it looks like? So if you beat someone by 100 points, you haven't been challenged in other areas. But their rhetoric, week in, week out, Farrell says it, Eddie Jones says it, we're just going to get better next week. And we're going to train hard and get better improving training and then we can become better week on, week on, week on, week on, week. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, they do. You ain't going to get better than that. And what about the referees, Goody? I told you. I told you he's been having a good World Cup, didn't I? If anyone says Jerome Garcia has been having a good World Cup, they do not understand rugby union. Yeah, I mean, there's different rumours, isn't there? Nigel Owens, is he injured? He's got a car. Someone says he's got a car oh, injury. Oh, no, come on. That's, and that's why perhaps he's not been given the game. You know, you look at the other refs, obviously Wayne Barnes can't do it because England are in it. I guess um, the the good thing about it is that even though you've got Garcia's for the final, that um, you've still got Skeen as your team oh, in case I things mean, go wrong honestly though across a World Cup how have World Rugby picked those two to be the referee and the TMO oh yeah, their, their try looks great just give the try it's not a forward pass oh uh, it's about five yards forward Ben yeah listen Gar says is, is what it is you saw the game at the weekend Wales, South Africa you talked to me about the breakdown and I've said it here millions of times he's in the way of players say la vie mon ami no 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 play 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 but against Australia for England I thought he had a really good game so you know, we could be discussing how great he was for England come next week after we've hopefully lifted the World Cup. You talked about the, the final being different, Jim. How's Garcia's impact going to make it different? Every time he referees, it's the breakdown. That's the one. It's the absolutely no idea. And two very different teams in terms of how they operate the breakdown. South Africa brute force. Peter Steph de Toy is just all out brute force. Ebenezer Beth the same, Dwayne Vermeulen the same, Sia Khaleesi a little bit. And we saw when Francois Lowe came on, who got the turnover to the resulting line out, to the resulting penalty that obviously won South Africa the semi-final. Francois Lowe is probably the only one that's fairly similar to Korean Underhill in terms of his techers around the breakdown. It's going to be, it's not going to be big course. So you've got the TMO now. South Africa going to kick the balls. Kick the balls. The whole game. It's going to be 50-50s. And as we know, Fafta Clerk, some great kicks, some shit kicks. And sometimes the shit kicks, if the chase is good, can turn into good kicks. So I hope Garces doesn't have a massive influence on it. Well, the referee and the TMO were fairly prominent the last time England and South Africa met in the World Cup final 12 years ago. And we can have a chat now with the man who was at the centre of all the discussion that day. Former England winger Mark Cueto joins us now. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good, thank you. Set the scene, Quakes. Where are you, my friend? I'm in North Wales. Oh, um, <laughs> Anglesey, Anglesey Way. Been on a sh- well. We love to say that. I've been no, on you a say shoot. whatever you want. Don't want, don't want to get uh, all the nature reservists or whatever they are um, hating me on social media. But no, I've been on a been on a sh- on a shoot with the owners from Sale. So uh, the red wine's flowing, Goody. Very nice. You know. Yeah, quite. Don't worry, mate. You won't offend. Goody has a, a Chinese takeaway uh, with chicken every night, so that's fine. <laughs> um, we were just before. Um, we got you on the phone. We were just talking about the referee at the weekend and we have to go back and talk about the incident in 2007 with yourself. 
So yeah. now, now it comes back around and you see all the TMOs happening. And yeah. even, even without the TMOs, even when you go to bed at night and you're thinking, was it a try? Was it not a try? So when you speak to people now and when you are a lot older, was it a try? Mm. Yes or no? Of course. Of course it was a try. <laughs> yes. You know it was a try. Oh, man, I wanted us to win the World Cup, mate. I know. <laughs> of course you did, yeah. <laughs> nah, it, it's amazing. And I know, it, obviously, it's more prominent now than ever because we're obviously facing South Africa uh, in the final of the weekend. The last time was 07. But it's amazing how often I get asked the question. Um, but I, I still think it was a try. I think it's similar to like the VAR in football at the moment, isn't it? CMO back in 07 was, was brand new to the game. I think it was the first World Cup it had ever been used at. So I think it was pretty basic. I think the angle that or the camera that was used to, to sort of evaluate whether I was in touch or not was 100 metres at the other end of the pitch. You know, it, it was very limited, whereas I think now technology's moved on. The process, the system, everything, players are used to it, referees are used to it. And I think the systems are miles better now than they were back then. But uh, I still believe it was a try, mate, yeah. Mate, don't worry, you get a load of screen time anyway, mate. It gets replayed 100 million times a year. Well, so. that's that's the thing, you see. I, I, deep down, I want, obviously want the lads to win this weekend, but... I mean, if they win this weekend, then it, it draws a line under my foot in touch in 07. So then that and you're completely, done. it completely retires me. So tell me now about um, the 07 World Cup final. Obviously, Alan Roland was the referee and Stuart Dickinson was the TMO. They've cost yeah. you a World Cup winner's medal and a load of cash. Uh, have you ever had the opportunity to have a word with them and say, listen? I've never, ever spoke to him, mate. It's bizarre, isn't it? But Alan Roland was obviously half Irish, half French. Um, Stuart Dickinson, the, the the TMO Aussie, you know, I think was, I think that combination of you know an Irish, a French, and an Aussie, then there was there was you know there was absolutely no chance they were they were ever going to give it early. But just going back to the 07 World Cup, then for people that remember, we got absolutely humperdinked by South Africa in the group, didn't we? Uh, and then you get to the final. Yeah, I didn't play. I didn't play that day, mate. Was that why? I, that's exactly why. <laughs> now, obviously, there were, you know, the rumours around that squad that the players took over and stuff but how monumental was it in terms of where you got from by getting smashed by South Africa to then get into the final the turnaround was was massive and you know you hear I, I hear Haskell nicking people's stories and, about and, Ronnie. and selling second hand stories about Ronnie and all this stuff the, the phoenix from the ashes or the pheasant from the ashes and that story was related to that World Cup obviously the way we were Obviously, down and out, smashed by 38 points against South Africa, or whatever, and then suddenly a month later we're in a World Cup final. But I think, I think credit to the lads. Um, you know, we had a lot of experienced players. Uh, you know, we were getting called not not so much myself. I was 27 at the time, but we had a lot of over 30s in that squad, like Ronnie, like Gomez, um, you know, Shawzy, Lol, um, and I think you know the papers jumped on the on the tagline of you know Dad's Army, led by Brian Ashton. You know. He was 75 at the time, or whatever he was. But I think, I think just the nature of, you know, Brian Ashton was a fantastic coach in his day, but wasn't so much a fan of systems, you know, calls, strategy. He was more of more of a sort of a maverick, and he'd sort of just try and get the best players on the pitch and allow them to do whatever they wanted to do. But you know, as we all know, it's uh, it's not as simple as that sometimes. And after that South Africa game, it, it was literally a case of you know those senior boys. You know, we had we had five or six World Cup winners, you know, in that squad from four years earlier. So there was a huge amount of talent and experience in that squad, and it was just a case of, you know, right, let's 
you know, let's get a few plans in place. This is what we're good at. This is how we can win games. And it was all involving the coaches. It wasn't a case of, you know, the players shutting the door on the coaches and, you know, the whole sort of squad and management separating. It was all done together. So just last question on that 2007 and the squad there before we look forward, because Andy Farrell, who is obviously Owen Farrell's dad, was part of that squad. And we were just talking about Owen. And as you know, because you're in the northern of yourself hard men what was Andy like in that squad and do you see any kind of similar traits between him and obviously Owen I think there's there's loads of similarities you know he's you know he's a classic sort of chip off the old block um big Faz is he's a natural leader you know I think going back to when he was 18 he was he was the youngest captain of Great Britain rugby league you know he captained every team throughout his career was one of the most successful rugby league players you know in the history of the game and uh, you know you can see you can see that you know and it's 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 bizarre really. I remember again 07 <coughs> Owen was probably I don't know he must have been you know maybe 13, 14, 15 and you know every weekend after the game we were coming back to the hotel and we'd all be sat in the bar maybe having a, a little beer or whatever and Owen was like a little kid in the corner, you know, like a super fan sort of, you know, sitting in the, <laughs> sitting, sitting in the corner, like just in awe of all the lads and the fact that he was, you know, with the England team. And then suddenly now he's like, he's like the captain of the team. And it's sort of bizarre for me, mm. me and my, my missus Susie, you know, we were, we were watching him at the weekend just saying, it's just bizarre. You think it was only 12 years ago. He was, he was like the little kid sat in the corner um, with his dad playing for England. And now, you know, he's following in his in his foot, footsteps type of thing. So um, it's uh, it's pretty incredible, really. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. And then your job now, quite for the masses, you're commercial director and part of the ownership at Sale as well, aren't you? Tom yeah. Tom Curry has done exceptionally well over at the World Cup. You've you've even allowed Ben Curry to go out and watch him this weekend, haven't you? It's gone viral, mate. Yeah, yeah. It was it was something that obviously our social media guys thought he'd pick up uh, you know decent sort of interaction and stuff you know what these social media guys are like and, and it did you know it, it, it's, it's been massive news in the last sort of 24 you know 48 hours I think he's Ben's currently uh, sat on a sat on a plane now uh, heading over there I think he flew at lunchtime today business class or um, in with the cheap seats I don't get involved in that mate admin I don't do any admin <laughs> that means someone, all else, someone else has done that someone else has done that but fair, fair play it was Steve Diamond, and, and we all we all know Dimes. Um, it was actually Dimes that was the first man that that sort of gave him permission, for want of a better term, to to go, um, which was a bit of a shock to everyone, really. You know, even Jed and Simon, the the owners, they they were like, "Well, we, we can't believe." Normally, you know, Dimes being Dimes would be like, "There's absolutely no chance we've got Bristol Friday night. You're playing." Da, 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 da. You know, so credit credit to Dimes, and, and I think it'll, you know, hopefully uh, it'll mean a lot to. Tom and Ben and, and his parents that are already out there and, and family, you know, if uh, if England go on to win it, um, the you know great memories and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's a nice little story, a nice little story for the club that that's got some uh, some really positive sort of um, feedback from fans and the public and everything else. Oh, mate, it'd be class for him. See his twin brother as well. That's um, a touch of class from you guys at Sale. Just while we're on Sale, because I know Goody will want to move on and talk about the game at the weekend. So in terms of the signings this summer, Mark yeah. Wilson's obviously come in. The checkbook's been brought out. Basically, sign a load of South Africans like Gloucester have done, and you'll have a very good chance. Obviously, Faf de Klerk, Lou Diego as well. So things look yeah. very good at Sale. Well, it, it, sh- it should do once all the boys get back for this season. Yeah, we're... We're we're hopeful, you know. I think um, you know, go back to the sort of the glory days, 
you know, in a similar sort of period to that 07 World Cup that we've been talking about, you know, fell in the league in, in 06. Oh, mate, let um, it go. I played in that final. I scored. Do you remember me quite beat so Leicester, beat, beat Leicester <laughs> in that final by a record score from what I can remember. No, I don't remember it. Um, <laughs> the, year, the year before 05, Lions. Lions Goody playing the Lions or not? No, no, no. Should in have. Year. Should no, have. No, no. <laughs> but that period for sale was, you know, we had we had six British Lions in the sales squad in 05. Um, That's why we you know, should. Real, it was a real, <laughs> it was a real <laughs> purple patch for the, for the club. But for, for me, what's been frustrating over sort of more recent history is previous owners, Brian Kennedy, pumped a load of money into the club, you know, in the first sort of 10 years, won the premiership, won a few other titles and stuff, and then sort of lost, gradually lost interest and pulled out investment. So probably the last six, seven, eight years, you know, we've we've always been operating well under the salary cap and uh, probably actually done well to, to stay in the premiership. But obviously under Simon and, and Jed, they've always they've always had a plan. They, they didn't want to just throw money at it straight away. They wanted to build the club. They wanted to keep the, you know, the academy at Sales Sharks has always been really strong. We've always produced a, a lot of players. You know, most of them have, again, in, in the last maybe 10 years, most of them have moved on to other clubs in the Premiership. But they've gradually built it to the point, you know, this season, um, you know, we're pretty much up to, to full salary cap, which is, you know, the first time for, you know, the best part of probably a decade that we've been spending that sort of money on the squad. So there's there's anticipation, but equally, again, you know, we all know how, how difficult the Prem is. Um, you know, look at, look at Leicester at the minute. You know, it's... Um, it's crazy to think that they nearly got relegated. You know, they were I think, one win off getting relegated last year. You know, in, I know they're missing six, seven players at the moment. You know, Newcastle relegated last year, top four the year before. So it's an incredibly uh, competitive league. And, you know, we don't expect to be in the top four just because we're spending more money than we've ever spent. Um, but we're hopeful we're, we're steadily building. We've, we've got a really good squad, a good blend of young local lads that have come through the academy, like, like the Currys, like Beaumont, you know, the James brothers, these sort of lads. But then added a bit of sort of international quality to it with players like Fafta Clerk, you know, Lou Diego coming back uh, from the World Cup. Um, you know, that's another exciting thing for us as a club as well. You know, we know we've got obviously Curry and Wilson on, on the English side, and then we've got Diego and, uh, the clerk on the on the South African side. So come lunchtime Saturday, we're you know we're gonna have two World Cup winners in the uh, in the Sales Shark squad, uh, which which is going to be incredible for for the club, for the uh, for the lads, and, and for the fans, and uh, hopefully something we can we can build on. Now, someone that uh, won't be a World Cup winner come Saturday lunchtime, but could have been a World Cup winner is a certain Chris Ashton who's up with you there. Um, how much shit have you been given him now? England are in the World oh, Cup final mate, that he could have been I'd there. Be he chose it. he chose not to go. He's been getting hammered. He's been getting absolutely hammered, to be fair. The lads have been murdering him. He's still sticking by his, his decision. He's still, you know, saying that obviously his wife's pregnant. She's, I think she's only got a matter of weeks, sort of two, two or three weeks to go. So, you know, it would have been hard. He, in all fairness, he struggled a lot the back end of last season and during the, um, the pre-season, the off-season, he, he struggled a lot with, with a um, sort of Achilles stroke calf injury. So, you know, he, he does say that he doesn't think he'd have been able to do the actual training camp. You know, we all know how hard the um, World Cup training camps are, particularly under, you know, Eddie Jones. So his his sort of decision to, to pull out, he still, he still stands by it. But I think deep down, he's absolutely 
devastated <laughs> um, now that the lads are in a in a World Cup final this weekend and, and are probably strong favourites to win it as well it's alright mate Joe Marler didn't want to go as well he wanted to spend more time oh, with his family classic. but I think there's 250,000 reasons why um, he, he chose to well, actually go back yeah he wanted to spend more time with his family yet every weekend at Twickenham when we were working down there Goody we'd see him we'd see him working <laughs> we did, with, we? His, with his wheelbarrow collecting his brown envelopes we did like, mate on, we mate. did I thought you wanted to spend more time with your family <laughs> <laughs> he keeps telling me to piss off yeah. um, he's let, not the only person is he yeah no he's not to be honest Jim um, let's go on to the game then obviously mate looking at it um, your experience you, you know a lot of the South African boys as well and how they play England favourites you saying I think so. I think looking at the performances over the past couple of weeks, they've been um, they've been incredible. You know that that game at the weekend against the All Blacks, probably one of the best performances from from any team, um, particularly for uh, an English team. I think even if you compare it back to '03 when the lads famously won the World Cup in in Australia, um, I don't think we saw we've ever seen such a complete performance from an England team. You know, they, they pretty much nailed absolutely everything, dominated the All Blacks in, in every aspect of the game. It was, you know, it was it was incredible um, and, and fair play to them. They just looked sharper. They, you know, I think, you know, the tempo and, and the speed that they were playing at, you know, the, the way they were smashing the All Blacks back, hitting rooks, it was like, they, surely they're not going to be able to keep this up for 80 minutes, but, but they actually did. So now I think... I think if you know if, if they perform anywhere near as well as they did last weekend, they, they're going to be in with a very good chance of uh, of winning it. All right, Mark. Hey, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Uh, best of luck for the, the for the season uh, ahead with uh, Sale as well, mate. No worries. Cheers, lads. Cheers, great. Cheers, great. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Cheers kid. See you, mate. Take care. Bye. Good he's lad. A, he's a top lad. Is he's he? A, he's yeah. a northerner. Yeah, one of my very good mates in the game. Generally, are. Huh? generally are good lads northerners yeah they? they are salt to earth he's a, he's a top boy he listens to the pod every week does loves he it, loves yeah. it yeah does he good on him he actually berated me he's like mate been waiting for fucking three years to get on your show really I was just like well you're not right you, you know it wasn't you, you weren't relevant till this week you know I played against him in 2006 I played in that final that you mentioned I don't remember you, yeah I, I scored you, what, did you start or no I was on the bench exactly you yeah, came I on when we were I was, about, <laughs> I was about 14 yeah no he's a quite he's a, a proper legend really good mate of mine yeah. well it hasn't been all good news for the England squad this week uh, Willie Hines has uh, been ruled out hasn't he yes yeah, shame isn't it Oh shit! You, he pulled up. You could see he pulled up, and he, he didn't. He didn't look comfortable from minute one. I don't think so. Yeah, I thought it was his knee. That, his knee was definitely strapped. But yeah, you see, he put himself out on the wing uh, for the for the last few plays of the game. And I think as it was happening, you were feeling for him because yeah. you know once you pull a hammy, similar to George North, obviously in that game against South Africa, someone pulls up with that. Yeah, VD. Yeah, in the VD. Like that's it. You know, it's not like a knock. You know, Faz's got a dead leg. It's. Um, it's a real shame for him. Yeah. But with that comes opportunity for other guys and Ben Spencer. You're good mates with him, aren't you? With Spencer? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Imagine the story if he gets on. And wins it with the, the try in the last minute to win it. Well, it'll be an up and under box kick or hell of a run. It's one of them, isn't it? They, they're always at risk, weren't they? They, t- they took two nines. They've managed to get through. I genuinely, as much as you don't like Willie Harris because he's a Kiwi playing for England and England... We beat you by fifty points at the weekend. Smashed you. We, you, ha- you have to. He's feel- English, Jimmy. You have to feel for him. Yeah, I'm more uh, horrible. Really yeah, I know that is horrible. Well, speaking of uh, England's scrum half issue, Goody caught up with someone who was probably the next man Eddie would have called, Dan Robson, for our super fan subscription service at Patreon.com, and we thought we'd play you a quick clip of that now to give you a little taste of what's on offer. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. The, the deep vein thrombosis thing happens. Do you want to talk us through how that happened? Because it, obviously, it's not an injury that. 
any rugby players really had before. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, really. I had a tight calf in the week, the Oxford week. It was the week before the Italy game. So that was the Georgia uh, scrappy dappy do, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was, was the that ju- So was that just to get out of that fight? Or? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I came back for that session and then ran away when it all kicked yeah, off. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. No, I think um, I think Steve Borthwick praised me actually for getting involved in it. Oh and really? I, was like, I can't remember getting involved in it. You're a madman. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, yeah, had a bit of a tight calf, kind of treated it as a tight calf, nothing really. Um, got treatment that week, got a little bit worse and then kind of eased off as I was training, as I was running. So I was kind of never really thought anything, you know, too bad. And then after the Italy game, it was pretty swollen, sore getting out of bed. And I, you know, I said, it's not, it's not great. So the Monday went for scans, uh, did gym and stuff, went down to the training center and the doctor basically pulled me aside and was like, look, we, you know, we need to chat through these scans. He told me that, and then that week basically was just full of scans, seeing different people, you know, going through various tests and stuff. So, yeah, it was a pretty um, pretty mad week. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. There you go. Just head to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod if you like the sound of that, and sign up to get loads of extra interviews and features for just a few quid a month. Before we chat about the other semi-final, don't forget to get your hands on the Telegraph sports subscription for a free month to start off with. If you head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash the rugby pod, you'll get quality analysis and insight on the World Cup in Japan and all the other rugby from the likes of Sir Ian McGeekin, Danny Cipriani, Will Greenwood and more. And there's nothing to lose for rugby pod listeners with a free month and then the next Three months a half price as well, just 50p a week. You get unlimited access on all their sports coverage, insight, and analysis. So make sure you're in the know with the rugby pod and the telegraph. Just head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash the rugby pod to get your 30 day free trial and three months half price. South Africa, Wales. Yeah, it was rubbish. Eh? You didn't enjoy it? I, uh, I don't mind games like that. I know what you mean. I know some people think it's boring and a lot of kicking I, genuinely that's I don't the, know if you see I, I, yeah, I don't know if you see me on mainstream media commentating but I quite enjoy commentating on games like that bit of set piece bit of kicking I was a little bit surprised actually how South Africa played and I've been questioning this whether they went in with that mindset because well one Wales' defence is very good so we know that so you don't want to play too much rugby against them but I had this thing where I just didn't think that they wanted to show their full hand but then that's a ridiculous thing to say because only won by three points. Mm. I, I think with that game plan that they have will test England a lot more because regathering box kicks, right? It, and I'm glad I never had to do it. I mean, imagine you going up for a box kick. I went up twice and you, both you, times came off my head. I was going to say kickoffs. That's exactly what happened. So I've been up twice for a box kick and both times off my head. It is a proper skill and you've got to be so brave to get up there. And some of Faf Clerk's kicks are very good, but... I'd say half. I'd say half of them are good. And half of them are, I don't know whether they're meant to be rubbish or they just go nowhere. But I, I yeah, I, I felt for Wales. I did. I, to be fair, I didn't think Wales would come that close. I really didn't. And that's credit to them. And that isn't because I think Wales are shit. That is because of the amount of injuries and how hard games they've had. Francois Lowe won South Africa the game. And they were talking about it on commentary. Like Flatman, obviously one of the best in the game at it. You hang around the breakdown long enough like Francois Lowe you're going to get a turnover. Just like Jim Hamilton, Premiership Final. 2013. Oh, 16. It was 16. I was at Gloucester in 13. That was another final. That was the LV final against uh, Newcastle. Against Exeter when you won it, yeah. Yeah, that was one. Could Wales have played that game any differently? (sighs) Um, I mean, hindsight again, isn't it? Could New Zealand have done something different? Sometimes you don't want to die wondering. Could they put more width on it? Could they have attacked a bit more potentially? But then you may say that 
had they done that, they could have come up with intercepts. And yeah, Wales, as we've always said, and Jim said in his mainstream media role, they don't score many points historically, but they win games. They know how to win games. So that, would they rather lose a semi-final, changing the way they play massively, and think, why don't we just do what we've been good at? Or you get to a semi-final, you've lost it, playing the way you're used to playing uh, against a team that do very similar to what you do and just come on the wrong side of a, of a defeat that was ref by uh, Jerome Garcez. And looking at um, looking at the game, you're talking about box kicks and things like that. Too many? Too many from South Africa and Wales? or Yeah, there was. Well, you say yes. Who's the most successful club team in Saracens. How much do they box kick it? It's a ploy that... And, and you're putting on... You're putting pressure on teams and that's how you win games what happens is what happens is with that is teams get bored of doing it that that's why so if you're in this kind of box kicking contest and again you've got to go back to Saracens because they are one of the best teams in the world at doing it or have been and then added things on there it's a difficult thing to catch a high ball and then it becomes a 50 50 if it's on the floor all these things and if you're a physical team like South Africa, where it's a knock-on on the floor and then it becomes a scrum. You get a scrum penalty and then you can kick to corner and you've got a really good drive because you've got really big players. That's where it becomes effective. It's not pretty. That's the thing. If you're the average rugby fan that doesn't watch rugby week in, week out, you're looking at it going, that's that shit. Just box-kicking the whole time. But understand, Andre Pollard, as the 10, ran the game very effectively and played really well for South Africa. But if you're a neutral watching that, you go, how boring was that? South Africa, they're not going to change the way they play against England they might put a little bit more width on it Cheslin Colby will be fit but that's coming isn't it well that result means Warren Gatlin will bow out as Wales head coach after facing New Zealand in the third place playoff this weekend so let's hear what he had to say after the game yeah I thought uh, um, I thought it was a, some of the guys coming off the bench was was a good experience for them in terms of what they would have learnt from tonight and, and for us as and for players and for Wales going forward you know there's some big moments is um, three or four penalties that are that are key in our own half, and uh, and that's the difference between winning those cl- close games, those tight games, and and not and, and not winning them as well. So, uh, look, we we're very disappointed, but I'm incredibly proud of what we've achieved in this World Cup and what this group of players have done. And um, I think we can hold our heads high and and, and leave Japan um, with a lot of respect. But we've got another game still when we, uh, to play the All Blacks. Um, the dream was to. Uh, for my first game in charge of Wales was to um, was against England, and the dream was to be at my last game. So it's it's not to be. But uh, look, there's a great group of uh, players that we've been involved with, and, and coaches, and uh, we need to recover well over the next couple of days and and start preparing for um, for the All Blacks. And we've got to enjoy. We're really disappointed about tonight and uh, and not being in the final. But we've got to be proud of ourselves and we've got to enjoy, um, as Rob McBride said in the changing afterwards, the five months that we've had together, the hard work that we've done and and what uh, this group of players and coaches have achieved. And um, uh, next Friday will be our last um, you know, time together. So we've got to make sure that we enjoy this week. Phil Fagatz and the Welsh team having to... Imagine that third place playoff we spoke Yuck. about. Uh, no oh, interest. my word. And by the way, you're playing against New Zealand. Who are angry <laughs> and hungry. <laughs> and Wales are absolutely fucked. They are. I mean, I, I don't want to sound derogatory to the World Cup. I don't think I've ever watched the third, fourth playoff. I don't think I've ever watched it. It's the same with football though. What's the point of having it? Because it's coming home. It's, it's coming It is coming home. home. It's the- coming Okay, let's have a look at the final now then. It's the game you've all been waiting for. Does Eddie keep the same team, Goody? What happens? 
who knows if I'm him I'm keeping exactly the same team what they call it we're looking for spiders when they're not there <laughs> we're looking for spiders when they're not there yeah says who as in we're trying to find a reason to change things I don't think that is the same um, the same James okay fine but you can look for spiders all you want but it's got nothing to do but with they might the not be there they might, well they might be but they might not be <laughs> that's the point <laughs> I love it. I love his brain. Oh, my word. Anyway, that, that's my point. Yeah. We're trying to fight. They shouldn't change anything, should they, Andy Rowe? They were, as Quate said, as I've said, as Goody said, as the experts have said, that is the best game, best performance we have seen in the modern generation. What about and uh, loose forwards, Goody? Would you find any spiders there? Um, no. no. Listen, if it's me, I ain't changing that team. But it's I'm telling t- you now, there's a few spiders hanging out, I believe, on the polars, budgie smugglers at the top, I'm telling you. What, bush everywhere oh, oh, spiders, mate. You do them. Um, George yeah. Ford stays at 10 well, I'd pick him you have to but then you know you've got Dialande at 12 for South Africa who brushed off about 14 Wales boys to score the try he's a route one China chief isn't he he's coming hard exactly the same as Karevi so your argument potentially was to change George Ford's role against Australia could go again uh, Would I, I wouldn't change it no you mentioned that South Africa may have been holding things back Jim do you think they've got anything up their sleeve for the final that we haven't seen yet no I don't think they, they've got anything special apart from Jason Colby I don't mean that derogatory I mean as in someone that can make something out of nothing my pimpy my pimpy as well and uh Cheson Colby and the Kosi on the way there, three cracking wingers. Is Willie LaRue Willie LaRue up for it? That's the mate, thing. Willie LaRue is well up for it. Mate. He just he, hasn't played that well yet. There you go. Well, that's the point. The worry about South Africa's game plan is they will not play like New Zealand do. They don't run it. No. It's going to be, come down to physicality. Have South Africa got the edge on that? No. Potentially. I reckon that's 50-50. So, yeah, it's 50-50. Well, they, well, you know, it's... They've got the size, and I don't know what the weights of the pack are. You know, Lou Diego in the second row with Ebenezer Beth, Snyman on the bench, Mostart. It's a World Cup final. I genuinely think South Africa do have a chance. I don't think it will be as comfortable for England as it was against New Zealand, but I still think England will win. I don't, they just look, we just look unbeatable. We, we, James, I love it. Do you guys want to give me your predictions on what's going to happen? England by 10. England by 10. England by 10. And they are changing the face of rugby in this country. England by 14. What? Yeah. And when Jim says change the face of rugby in the UK, he's going to be called Sir Eddie Jones, isn't he? Sir Eddie Jones. And all the boys will be getting MBEs and OBEs. How do we get an an OB? An OB. How do we we get an MBA or an OBA? You talk about squirrels and hell of a bush. Here's the thing. If Matt Hampson hasn't got an MBE, we ain't getting one. Matt Hampson, here's something for the podcast, and I say it year in, year out. In the honours lists, how he hasn't got an MBE or an OBE or absolutely anything is beyond belief. So um, let's start that. All our listeners, we vote for him every year. We we put him up for uh, getting an MBE and nothing happens. So come on, get him on there. Talking of Hambo, we obviously spoke last week about the dinner on the 21st of November. We're all hosting a table. Mine's sold out now, just to let you know. Is it actually? No. <laughs> so if you want to come to the dinner on 21st of November, the Doddy and Matt Hampson dinner, get in touch. Well, as well as the World Cup this autumn, there's also a brand new format of rugby being launched. It's been developed with the help of Olympic gold medal winning sevens coach Ben Ryan. It's called Rugby X. It's happening right now as we record the podcast. So we have got it on record. And we're going to go back and we're going to watch it. And we're going to realize that it's too quick, too good, 
for anything that we could have graced the field, but we're fans. So we're going to watch it. We're going to watch the tries. We're going to watch the sidesteps. We're going to watch the no lineouts, which I'm devastated about. No malls. You, I mean, we'd both be shit at it, but it will be electric. Well, if you fancy heading along uh, to the O2 Arena to check it out, go to rugbyx.com uh, for more details. If you don't get anything else out of this uh, podcast, you will get uh, some information from Jim, which could help you if you're in Japan at the moment. Uh, it's a feature. Do we still call it a new feature? Yeah, we'll call it a new feature. Because... And you like telling us what it's called, don't you? Well, I do. Like I, I do. And I get to that point. Hey, branch out. Learn a new language and work your way around a country that is notoriously difficult to navigate around. And on that, this is Japan through Jim's eye. Also known as Jim's Japside. And before you start, Jim, yeah, I'm upset. What? Obviously, it's final week. This is going to be the last one. Man, it doesn't have to be. Oh, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Okay. People live in Japan, mate. They, they do. We, we, I mean, let's let's think about keeping this going. Okay, we can. I've loved it. So, the first one that I've got is: Don't let your daughter-in-law eat your autumn eggplants. What the hell is I that? I mean, who is saying that? So eggplants are the same as uh, courgettes, aren't they? I thought eggplants no. were like fish eyes. No. Wow. An eggplant is an aubergine. Oh, oh what did I say? Uh, you said courgette. a courgette. Yeah. I should know what an aubergine looks like. I look oh. at one every day. Um, <laughs> anyway, don't let your daughter-in-law eat your autumn eggplants. I have no idea. Don't go through life half cut. Cooked, half cooked, half cooked. Can you half talk cut. me through the logic what, why, of it? Yeah, why, why are you mixing up your daughter-in-law with being absolutely smashed? I don't know. So don't let your daughter-in-law eat your autumn eggplants. So you don't want your daughter Who's got autumn eggplants? I don't know. Why are you letting your no daughter-in-law eat your aubergine? Mate, I've, dr- I've dropped... What's an aubergine? What's I don't an, know what you call What is an aubergine? <laughs> it's called an aubergine. Mate, you'll know what a cashew nut is. That's all you'll know. Right, <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't know. I've, no, I've got no idea. I, I've got the answer here, but I don't get it. What? Go on then. I don't know why your daughter-in-law is involved. But anyway, it says, don't let yourself be taken advantage of. Oh, maybe because the mm. daughter-in-law tries to get involved with Japanese family, then nick all the money, then bin the husband off. And maybe it's that. Anyway, next one I've got. Giving birth to a baby is easier than worrying about it. Well, that's fucking true. That I'll tell you what. <laughs> like that. Right. So... Giving birth to a baby is easier than worrying about it. I, I, literally, out of all the proverbs we've done, this is one that I agree with. Giving birth is the easy bit, right? Oh, gee. That's the easy bit. Go on. What's the uh, hard bit? Well, looking after them. Giving birth to a baby is easier than Your worrying about it. Your poor missus. Hang on, wait there. Four of them she's had. Everything. Giving birth to a baby is easier. Starting something is the easy bit. Finishing it is the hard bit. He's gone to deep thought there, hasn't he? I like that. I like that, James. I think sometimes you can create a bigger problem in your head than what the problem actually is. Oh, Andy Rowe, that's not bad. So the definition is stressing about something is usually worse than the thing you're stressing about. There we go. There we go. Um, so that's Japan through Jim's eye. Also known as Jim's, Jim's Japs Eye. Should we have a quick chat about the premiership before we get into a couple of social media questions? No, I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it? No, I don't Goody, want to talk about what's, it. What's, what's going on with Wasps? I don't mind losing to Gloucester away in the rain. Uh, and we were competitive, got back into the game in the second half. The big one is still lo- losing to London Irish at home. So they've got a massive game at home this weekend against Bath. You know, we're, I think we're 11th in the league. Leicester are 12th. Gloucester are a good side. Uh, and we, you know, first half Gloucester dominated, second half Wasps came back into it and we were camped on their line and then Fekitoa 
got a penalty reversed against him for no I mean, idea what, what about doing. the eyes? What about his eyes? Mate, he says he's angry. He's hard. I reckon he's hard as oh, fuck. Good man, mate. I'm sure he is hard. No. Uh, so he got, he got. What did he get done for? A, sh- it, a cheap shot, wasn't there? Yeah, he, he, he smashed Ruan Ackerman off the ball. Yeah, but then there's more to it. There's something else happened. Yeah, something else happened. We don't know what it was. No, something else but happened because he probably said. he didn't lose his head over that. Yeah, something happened and he lost his head again. And anyway, his eyes rang out. Yeah, his head. Uh, and that was that was a massive turning point in the game. You know, fair play, Gloucester were good. Bonus point try in yeah. them conditions. Joe Simpson, two tries against his old team. Yeah, I Did mean, a cleansman in from halfway. Conditions like that just do not suit us. More worrying out of the teams is Leicester, unfortunately. I was there. I was at Welford Road. Sarries, and this is a difficult thing because Sarries were very good. They were very yeah. good. Yeah, they were. Yeah, defensively very good. Uh, ben Earl, beast. Uh, Tom Wollstonehome, the hooker. Brilliant. Not many people have heard of him. Good hair as well. Great hair. Uh, young uh, Manu Vunapola. He was decent, wasn't he? Mate, the two names like that, you reckon he should be decent, mate? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Leicester. I don't know what to say. You know, they had um, Lavanini and Vianu, Talisa Vianu walking around. They need them back. I don't Wait, know whether they, they need play. Jordan Tafu will be over shortly. Yeah, yeah, he'll make a big difference. I looked at the Leicester team sheet and I was like, geez. You know, I know there's boys away like Johnny May and Dan Cole and George Ford and Ben Youngs, but... Ellis Genge. Yeah, Genji as well. Genji will come back raging because he's hardly played. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough for Jordan. Um, and Lavanini will make a massive yeah. difference. I know he's a second row and he's a bit of a hothead, but you look at his game, the physicality, you know, they had Lady Gaga. Lady yeah. Gaga. Lady Gaga came on, did really well. Like, and for me, everyone's had a good pre-season, didn't they? When it comes... It, now's crunch time. It's a difficult one. Talk Steve Borthwick come in after the World Cup. He'll which, make a massive difference. Yeah, he'll make... He, he will do. Yeah, that's no slight on Batewell who's there, but... Borthwick, English club, a lot of English players Detail. will understand the psyche of a club like Leicester having played for Bath for many years. Yeah, but it's tough for Leicester. They are, they're not in a hole. They're not, not yet. The, the saving grace for any team that's near the bottom of the table, i.e. Leicester in 12th, Wasps in 11th, the Premiership will be ring-fenced at the end of the season. New, sure. Newcastle will get promoted if they finish first. And mark my words, the Premiership will be ring-fenced. Unsure. The 13-team competition with... No Premiership Cup. Let's have a couple of social media questions um, before we get into the new ones. We'll finish off the hell of a bush 15. Uh, missing a couple of back rows and a fly half centre. I'll go centre. Freddie Tuolangi. Hell of a bush. No, you're taking the, uh, you're taking the forwards. Yeah, but I, I, I know a back. I'll put him in the back row then. Manu, did you say Manu Tuolangi? Freddie. Freddie. Put Freddie in the back row. <laughs> oh, no, I've got one for the back row. Pete Buxton. Oh, yes. Oh, my. <laughs> Peter Buxton, who basically used to go around injuring all his own teammates at Gloucester, four out of his four fingers, because you you got a thumb, so four out of his four fingers were pointing in different directions. Psoriasis, which he can't help, obviously, and being in Gloucester in the winter did not help with the mud and the sand that used to be at King's Home. Now, lives in, lives in China somewhere. Oh, imagine the bush out there. Could you imagine? Sweaty. Never seen anything like it. Bob Marley's wig. Downstairs. <laughs> Booker. <laughs> with with dandruff. So it was like Bush oh, and dandruff. Oh, horrible, horrible. So I did not know you could get dandruff down there, but I saw Booker. You, you can. can. Well, I've got one that would be quite interesting, actually, for people. My centre is going to be someone that may surprise a few people. Really? It's not massive, but it's a bush. And it's a royal bush. True. <laughs> True. Mike Tyndall. Yeah, true. Right. Weird. Yeah, isn't it trims weird? It, trims it 
to the point of bushy though. Yeah. So it's not wiry. So it's a scissor cat. Scissors. Cool. Mate, he probably gets it done for him. <laughs> probably We're does. probably paying for it. <laughs> the taxpayer. Uh, yeah, so my uh, nomination in the centre is going to be Mike Tyndall. All right. And uh, quite a few people are still asking if you've had any offers come out of retirement, Jim. Yeah, not many. No, no. no. I, perforate I think, that, drum, I think that's so. none, Jim. It's none. I'm perforating the eardrum. I've had a couple on Instagram which I've flicked through. Oh, yeah, there was one, wasn't there? Yeah. But that they'll pay for it. Yeah, one beer a week. They'll pay for me beer. Well, hang on, mate. You're talking to a bloody living legend. <laughs> pay for me beer. Perfect me, Adrian. I'm out. For, I'm out for a bit. <laughs> I'm out for a couple of weeks. Christmas is coming. I never got Christmas off, so I'm looking forward to it. Bryce Foss has tweeted, to what extent will the extra day of rest give England an advantage in the final? I think loads. I, I think having an extra day off, you shouldn't, shouldn't be done. No. Unless you get seven days, seven and eight, doesn't matter. You need, you need a week. Yeah. Both semis should either be playing the same day or... Mm. As, as Jim says, seven day minimum. So I think it'll have a big impact. But South Africa, yeah, they're physical. They they, they look. They, they've had one tough game really before that. Well, semi final, the the All Blacks game first up. So they'll they'll be fine with it, I think. All right, let's finish things off with the good, the bad, and the ugly goody. Yes, plenty of good this week. Uh, we'll start off in the Premiership uh, and Saints and Gloucester. Played 2-1-2 with wins against Worcester and Wasps. Uh, outstanding start to the season for both of those teams. Uh, staying in the Premiership uh, and going up to where Leicester play. But it's not about Leicester. It's about Saracens. And especially Ben Earl, who I thought was outstanding for them. Uh, his try from 50 out. Yeah, I'll say it's 50. Quick, strong, powerful, the lot. Uh, let's go across into the Guinness Pro 14. Where are we going? We're going to go to Connaught. Uh, with their last-minute victory at the sports ground over the unbeaten Cheetahs. And Connacht are now top of Conference B in the Guinness Pro 14. Really? So shout-out to them. Another team that's often in the bad, not necessarily in the good, but Dean Ryan's Dragons beating Glasgow, who are struggling. They are bl- breathing flames. They are breathing flames. Yeah, shout-out to the Dragons beating Glasgow. Dean Ryan having an impact there pretty quickly. What else in the Guinness Pro 14? Leinster, 4-4 four from four, uh, with a victory over Zebra, but I will come to that later in another segment. Um, we'll go back to the Premiership and two things I want to talk about in the Premiership this weekend that were also very good. Uh, one was Joe Simpson playing for Gloucester, got man of the match uh, against his old club in his home debut with two tries. I uh, thought he was outstanding for Gloucester. And the other thing in the Premiership this weekend that I consider was very good was Jim Hamilton and his commentary. Really? I like listening to you on the TV, Jim. Genuinely, I don't know if I've said it today, you look lean. Thank you. Leaner. (laughs) You look the leanest I've seen you. (laughs) Thank you very much, James. Very kind of you. But no, I was impressed at the weekend. Very good comms. Thanks, mate. Got the Klinsman in there, got Lady Gaga. You were yourself, Jim. Yeah, I was. I had this chat with a few people, you know, producer Tim who helps with the notes and the pronunciations. He was like, just go with your gut. Yeah. I said I will. I mean, I go with my gut a lot, and it's big. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so there oh, this we go. Is nice, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I like your. Um, next week, I'll have a compliment for you. <laughs> next week, I'll have a compliment. For Thanks, you. mate. So, Thanks, Jim mate. Hamilton, that was good. Your comms. Thanks, um, what else was good? Andre Pollard uh, for South Africa. Just thought his game control and kicking uh, was brilliant. It made me feel a bit tingly. Just about a, a ten that can run a game. Oh yeah, mm. just the way I think I. Used to be able to. He's on 50 next week. Oh, 50. Oh, caps. But the good this week, only one place to go, really. Let's be honest. Yeah. And it is the whole of our country, James. Yes, England. It is. England. Unreal intensity, uh, performance, tactically embarrassed the Kiwis, dominated the breakdown. The likes of Curry, Underhill, uh, Manu was outstanding, George Ford, 
Mara Toji, the list goes on. Uh, it was a phenomenal performance. Ben Young's played well as well. Phenomenal performance by England. So the good this week, along with Eddie Jones, Sir Eddie Jones to be knighted, goes to England. The bad. A few of us are bad. We'll start off in the Guinness Pro 14. And I spoke about it earlier. At Leinster, they're in the good, but their game is in the bad. They won 3-0 away at Zebra. 3-0. What a game. Classic. Uh, so for... The paying public watching that, that would have been pretty dull. Uh, Wales versus South Africa, the semi-final, it was a bit dull. Uh, I know that's knockout rugby, but after the highs of Saturday and the excitement of that game, it was a fairly dour game to watch. Uh, what else was bad? London Irish got absolutely humperdinked at home, 41-7 to sail after their week one victory over Wasps. Um, so that was pretty bad. The All Blacks, they weren't much good, were they, Andy Rowe? No, they weren't. No, they were bad. They were um, bad. Tactically, I thought they... Food poisoning. Completely, oh, excuses. <laughs> completely dominated by England, so they're in the, with the bad. Um, unfortunately, the bad this week has to go to my old club, Leicester Tigers. Oh, I thought you were going to say Wasps. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Wasps. Played two, lost two, and they've now lost five in a row in the Premiership for the first time since the 2003 World Cup, and we all know what happened then, don't you? That's when they signed me to come back to the club from Saracens. And then, yeah, we won about 10 games on the spin. So uh, hopefully uh, the Leicester Cavalry will come back and, and help them out. So, hey! Unfortunately, the, cavalry, got it. Yeah, get it. the bad this week goes to Leicester. Uh, the ugly. Um, I couldn't find much ugly this weekend, but I found one thing. And that is world rugby. What have they done? Well, the fact that England could potentially be fined for stepping over the halfway line during the hacker, I think that's pretty ugly, isn't it? I mean, Who's finding them? World Rugby aren't. They're investigating it and they're not happy. So the ugly this week goes to World Rugby uh, for investigating and potentially fining England for stepping over the halfway line <laughs> during the hacker. Let it go. Thanks, Goody. And you've got a couple of shout-outs to finish off, haven't you guys? Yes, I'll go first. A uh, quick shout-out to Chris Jewel-Clark and Ben Pussy. <laughs> ben Pussy. Well, it's Ben Pusey, but we'll call him Ben Pussy because that's how it reads in my mind. Anyway, um, they both suffered serious leg injuries recently and they're going to be out of action for a while. So chin up, guys, and sure you'll come back a lot stronger. Ben Pussy, Chris Jewel-Clark. Big shout out, big fellas. Yeah, good luck with the recovery, guys. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the guys at Pontyland RFC, just outside Newcastle, just not far from Newcastle Airport, where I used to fly into oh, that year that I saved Newcastle, 2016. Remember that? Everyone remember that? Of course no, you do. I don't. Uh, anyway, they've got a game against Alnwick on Saturday, and are trying to get it moved to Friday night because of the World Cup final, so they can get on the beers. But Alnwick, they're not having any of it. Oh, minute. you dicks. Come on, Onwick. What's wrong with that? Play the game on the Friday night. Support the boys at the World Cup final. Get absolutely... Uh, and and get, play also, yeah. get a load of Guinness in and the game's done. You can play the game Friday night. Watch the World Cup final on Saturday. And drink responsibly. Drink Guinness responsibly. Watching them win the World Cup. Everyone's happy. And you get a night out in the tune on Friday night. What could be better? Onwick Rugby Club, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, producer Tim. And thank you for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. pod.